passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, Rams fans, as I mentioned in the intro, joined by my good friend. We had him on last year. Uh, a wealth of knowledge about the Chicago Bears. So we're going to have a lot of fun breaking this game down. He hosts the Believe in Bears bo- podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Joey Christopoulos, what's up, man? How you doing? Ryan, great to see you, man. Great to be back together. It's the fourth annual Bears-Rams uh, <laughs> festival. They're basically uh, in the same division now, right? Yeah, we're doing it every year. We're in division now. Um, super excited to be on the pod, man. It's a real bummer that Frosty's ducking me this time, but that's okay. That's not a big deal. He's scared about this Bears-Rams matchup. <laughs> but no, man, for real, I'm happy to cut it up with you and happy to be on the pod today. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Frosty will be back. He'll, he'll probably hit you. He'll probably watch this and hit you up in the DMs or something. So, <laughs> uh, he's like, I'm not ducking you, but um yeah the fourth installment crazy it's literally it feels like this is a division game now i don't know how we face each other every single year uh if i'm not mistaken rams are two and one over the last three so this could be the the tie tie up for the bears or the commanding lead for the rams but real quick i gotta say like i'm loving the all the swag you're repping you got that whose jersey is that you're wearing oh i got my khalil mac going today Um, you know, they all training camp long. He wasn't on the injured list. They put him on the injured list today. So, you know, that means bear season is ready to rock and roll. So <laughs> rocking the Cleo Mac Jersey today. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. This is the fourth one. And I don't know if this is, it would be necessarily like a successful movie franchise. These bears Rams games, the first couple have been pretty ugly, but I felt like last year things changed a little bit. I mean, your offense really got after us in a pretty, uh, in, in a pretty intense way, and now you guys got a better quarterback in the mix, and it's going to be a really interesting game. Ryan, I've been working on a long-term uh, podcast. It's a it's an investigative journalist podcast, and it's called "Does Anyone on the Planet Think the Bears Are Going to Win Week One?" And I haven't found anyone yet, man. Have you? <laughs> have you heard anyone that thinks the Bears got a shot this week? Well, definitely not out here. I mean, everyone is fired up about this Rams team, especially after Stafford. And, you know, I think the media too is all most, most of them are all having them, you know, Super Bowl, not necessarily favorites, but definitely Super Bowl hopefuls, which I don't think a lot of people have the Bears like that. Um, even our friends at Bet Online have the Rams at minus nine, I think. So a pretty, pretty heavy favorite uh, going into this game. But, you know, the Bears are always, they're always better than advertised on defense. Um, the offense is another story, which we'll get to. Um, but first let me just ask you this. How is like, give me the lowdown. How's this team looked in, in training camp? I mean, have they, have they looked like they're improved? They look like they're taking a step back. I know a lot of people, you know, are not, or were not super pumped that Mac Nagy was retained. Are you in that camp? How's this team looking going into the season? Well, let's start with, I definitely was out there with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy feeling like we needed to move on last off season, you know, and then the organization came out and said that that wasn't going to happen. I can't change that. I can only scream at the sun for so long before you move on and kind of wrap your head around, this is what we got and let's see what we can do moving forward. It's been a really interesting, entertaining training camp just because of Justin Fields. I mean, he has been the shiny toy that everyone wants to talk about at every single second Mm -hmm. of every single bears conversation. But then again, there's been a lot of things that have flown under the radar. Some of them good, some of them bad. Let's start with the bad real quick. The offensive line again is an issue. We drafted Tevin Jenkins in the second round. The guy never even got on the practice field, had a back injury, went under the knife. Hopefully we get him back this year. Honestly, I don't think we get him back at all. So we go out and we sign a 39-year-old Jason Peters, mm-hmm. who's going to be on the other side of the field of a 39-year-old Andrew Whitworth. Uh, two it. guys that are somehow older than me. That's how I know. Giving me a little bit of that youth for just half a second there with those guys on the offensive line. So that's been a huge question mark. And then, of course, because we keep talking about the offense and Andy Dalton and Justin Fields' offensive line, we are still kind of underrating a front seven that is by far the, the biggest strength on the Chicago Bears right now. And that is, the, that is the unit that I'm looking at right now that really needs to show up on Sunday. If I know anything about Sean McVay over the last couple of years, 
I see a lot of quick step, a lot of quick throws, get the ball out, go sideline to sideline, make us tackle you guys. Work on t- like our tackling fundamentals need to be on point Sunday. If that doesn't happen, it could be a long game and Sean McVay could really slice and dice with his new toy, Matthew Stafford. So, you know, the Bears, about a 500 team. No one thinks they're going to win week one, which is so ironic because there's so much hope and optimism right now with this Justin Fields situation. But if you ask a Bears fan, Justin Fields, he's going to be great. What about week one? Eh, forget week one. You know? So <laughs> it's, it feels a little bit like that right now. So I think there there is a world where we can surprise some people in a lot of these games this year, maybe even possibly week one. But it is a little bit of a wait and see. And in terms of Andy Dalton, no one knows what to expect at all. I mean, that is a mystery box upon itself. Mm-hmm. And conversely, I want to throw this back to you towards the Rams. You know, I want to hear a little bit about your thoughts on Matthew Stafford. The last time we talked, and I know you were a Jared Goff supporter. You were a Jared Goff fan. They moved on from him. Now we bring in a guy like Matthew Stafford. He's from my backyard, the NFC North. I know a little bit about Matthew Stafford. What's been your take on him throughout training camp? Are you buying the hype? And do you think he can have – you know, meet these lofty expectations that everyone's put on him for this season. Yeah. You know, from what I saw in training camp, being there a lot of days, I think he can meet expectations. I mean, I know there's the detractors to talk about, you know, no playoff wins, you know, having, you know, giving up the late game interceptions, having Megatron. That's like the big one. Everyone says like, Oh, we had Megatron. Couldn't do anything with that. Okay. You know, still really had no running game. Still didn't have, you know, great defenses or offensive line. Like it's a full team, you know? Uh, but that seems to be the one everyone everyone likes to bring up. But when you watch this guy play, and like you mentioned, I was a golf supporter in the sense that I thought there were things he could do well, could be utilized to a certain extent. After four seasons, McVay decided that he couldn't do what he wanted, so he wanted to move on, which I fully support as well. And to me, Matthew Stafford is 100% an upgrade, like definitely an upgrade over Jared Goff, just what he does. You just watch the ball pop out of his hands, and you can see it. Like You can just watch two passes, and you're like, oh, yeah. That that's a that's a Good better quarterback. Yeah. Um, so seeing him sling it out to Deshaun Jackson, two two at well, seeing, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup over the middle, seeing the tight ends and Tyler Higby and this new shiny toy they have in Jacob Harris being able to jump up and go get it. Like this to me is the best complete offense and team for that matter, with the defense too, that Stafford's ever played for. Now, you know, people could talk about how well they not be the best receiver he's ever played with when you have Megatron, but the core from one through five, by far, I think it's the best he's ever had. His offensive line has improved when you have a stalwart like Andrew Whitworth, albeit his 39-year-old age, like you said, but uh, still very, very good, still in great shape. So the expectations are high, and they should be high, and I think they can meet those expectations because of what they've shown on the field. No losing seasons for Sean McVay thus far. And when you upgrade the best position or the, the most important position in football, uh, you should be better than you were the year before without losing a lot. So I think they have the high expectations because they should, and I think they can meet them. Yeah, he's going to have a fantastic season. My only probably two caveats are, and you mentioned one of them. One is he does have a tendency to, and this could be just playing from the Lions over the years, but mm-hmm. as a Bears fan in week one, I'm still trying to anticipate this. Second, third quarter, he is going to throw some sort of dumb sidearm sling force it in there. I can make this play. I can make this play and make a mistake. Mm-hmm. He's got 24 career interceptions, I believe, in 21 career games against the Bears. We do think that he's going to make a turnover at some point. Overall, for the whole season, I mean, yeah, this is really one of those scenarios where, you know, we could be hitting each other up in the middle of October and being like Matthew Stafford, MVP. Like yeah. he literally could have those type of numbers. How do you feel real quick about his overall health? You know, he had that fractured back uh, a couple seasons ago. Last year, he dealt with you know torn ligaments in his thumb that actually he played through, maybe to his own detriment. Mm-hmm. Are you? I mean, you can't always predict the health of an NFL player, but yeah. is that in the back of your mind a little bit of just hoping that he can stay upright all year? I think so. I think the way the Rams do things too, um, historically since McVay's been there, they've been a very healthy team. You know, they've they've been kind of beat up a little bit this off or this training camp and preseason, which is kind of rare considering how little they have their, I mean, the stars don't plan all in preseason and how well they maintain through practices, but a little banged up Stafford has this. I don't even know if you heard, but he had a scare in like the second week of training camp, hitting his thumb on a helmet yeah. um, was okay. Literally practiced the very next day, slang it like 35 times in that practice. So obviously he was fine. But McVay immediately forced all linemen to wear the soft padded shells on the helmets and that couldn't happen again. So, but to answer your question, I, I feel very confident just because of the way the Rams do things, the way that they 
organize activities throughout the week so that guys are fresh and always feeling good going into game week. And, you know, you can't predict what happens in a game, but a lot of injuries happen. Not necessarily the guy gets injured in practice, but it's because of the wear and tear from practice that a small fluke thing happens in a game where they get injured, where they think the Rams maintain a really healthy environment throughout the week that then they're really fresh and prepared for the game. So I see there's no reason why you can't go 17 games and actually be healthy for all of them. I mean, I've, that's the hope, obviously. So, but I feel confident that he could. I'm just like I'm looking at your mindset right now, and I'm just so jealous, man. I I mean, I've been in those seasons before, and you you know, you guys went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, so you mm-hmm. know what it's like. Where you just you have the team, you have the team that you need, yeah, to do big things this year, and all you got to do is stay upright, stay healthy, mm-hmm. and just take care of what you need to take care of, and you guys are going to be right there. Uh, I'm not in that particular luxury right now at the Chicago Bears team. You know, a lot of times in the pods that we've been doing recently, it's all about kind of wrapping our heads around what they hope that they do or what they need to work towards and what they need to solidify and stabilize to become an upper echelon football team. And I just, I see it in your eyes right now, right? You got that, you got that great confidence and, and you know what? And the Rams, I mean, in your opinion right now, is there a team in the NFC that, that scares you as a Rams fan? I mean, I know you're maybe looking at those 49ers matchups, but is it the Packers? Is it anyone? Or is it, you guys are in the mindset of we are the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a fun question because obviously the Buccaneers who played tonight, you know, first game of the season, Super Bowl champs. Yeah. And I've I've talked about them a lot. And I don't want to I, I try I don't want to sound like a hater, but they're not a team that scares me. I know they they rolled through the playoffs, but and I, they're obviously now going to be more succinct, you know, having a whole offseason together. They returned all 22 starters. Um, so they're still going to be a very good football team. Absolutely. Probably a great football team. But something about it, it just doesn't, like, scare me. I don't know. why. Like, I'm more scared of the entire NFC West because you got to play the Niners twice, the Seahawks twice, the Cardinals twice, who I know McVay's 8-0 against. But, you know, they still have a formidable team on paper. They have the, probably the worst coach in the division, so we'll see how that translates. But your buddy's careful. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, he's not here, so I can say it all I want. Um, but yeah, the Packers. You know, A Rod's back, so obviously they're going to be good and and exciting. But yeah, I think no team really does scare me. The, the biggest scare for me is the the division games because historically McVay's been bad against the Niners. They're pretty mm-hmm. split against the Seahawks, and then like I said, they're great against the Cardinals. But that's what it's going to come down to is those those three teams against the Rams of who actually wins the division or is a seven seed or whatnot. So, um, cause once in the playoffs, all bets are off. Right. I mean, we've seen the bears win games when they're eight and eight in the playoffs. So yeah, no, <laughs> and thank, and we also, we thank the Cardinals kindly for, uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. submarining their playoff hopes last year to help us sneak in. Today's episode is also brought to you by play action. Cause look, this is exciting news. Bet on Chicago is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring you some interactive fun to the sport. We love most. You'll be able to get in on all the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge which is open to everyone so here's how it works you sign up for our contest believe football pick'em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week we're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between nfl and college football whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of dc shoes so again go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest believe b-l-e-a-v football pick'em and if you plan on hosting your own football contest go to playactionpools.com today they've got survivor pick'em as well as a cool sportsbook style contest Concept called build your own bankroll that's only at playactionpools.com your new home for all your office sports picks now back to the pod yeah you're bringing up an interesting point about the buccaneers and they're the kind of team i was having this conversation last night we were doing our bears rams preview on believe in bears with former bears defensive end Corey wooten talking mm-hmm. it up and it was one of those things where the buccaneers I, i'm with you man they don't scare you but what i think that they do very very well and this is something that I wish the Bears would actually try and do in week one, is they seem to do that stuff where they go, hey, it's not going to be very flashy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it might even look like we're replicating. We're just doing the same thing over and over again. But I was talking to Corey about it. It's There's something about what the, I think the Buccaneers do is they just say, hey, you know what? This is what we're doing. You're going to know that we're doing it, and we're still going to do it on you anyways. And there's something yeah. really kind of demoralizing about that. We're going to hand the ball to Leonard Fournette. We're going to run play action with Tom Brady. He's going to slice you apart. Everyone knows that it's going to happen, and yet they still execute on you on top of that. And that's something that I wish the Bears would do week one is everyone. No no one thinks that the Bears can win against the Rams this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. So the the first inclination would be for Matt Nagy needs to pull some sort of rabbit out of his hat or do some sort of trick or something like that. 
and I'm actually probably going the other way, is I'm just kind of hoping that we keep the game really close in that first quarter, maybe get a couple first downs, but just keep hammering the plays that we want to run, run a functioning offense, and get to the point where hopefully, you know, whatever, that HB dive, I want the Rams to know it's coming, and I still want us to have success and get those three or four yards. Now, are we going to be successful? I don't know, but it's that kind of mentality, I think, that Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers have that I hope that maybe the Bears can kind of instill a little bit. And you know what? The Rams do it too a little bit, I think. Like, where McVay's McVay's a very creative offensive play caller, but Mm -hmm. from an outsider's perspective, you kind of know what you're going to get a little bit from him, and yet they do it anyways, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. of course, like, you know, a quick little, you know, jet sweep to whatever, Robert Woods, a quick little slant to Cooper Cup. We all kind of know this stuff, and that they do it anyways. That's what is the marker of a great team is when you just go out there and execute your game plan and just put it on people. And Corey was like, man, when you do that, it's just so demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's something. You know it's coming beating. and you can't stop it. That's when Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Even beaten. Yeah, totally. And I think that's yeah. something maybe the, the Buccaneers have a little bit that I hope the Bears can maybe, you know, have a little bit going for them when we play week one. Yeah, You're, the, the Bucks do, and that's just been Brady's MO his whole career. I've talked many times about how his, if you watch games of him, whether it was the Patriots or now the Bucks, like 85% of his passes are like shorter than five yards. And mm-hmm. he'll just like lull you, lull you, lull you, and then they'll hit the deep 50-yard shot. Oh, and, he's throwing to James White? Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ronald Jones is all of a sudden a pass catcher now who couldn't catch anything. Yeah. Uh, that's what they do. And to your point about the Rams is, McVay and I love McVay and I think he's one of the top five coaches in the game and uh you're right to an extent like he does that but there's sometimes and all coaches do this it seems which is frustrating obviously they know a lot more than me but you know we're doing a podcast we can talk about how we want sometimes they get too like I'd say they overcoach or they get too cutesy with it like the Rams last year when they ran the ball 30 plus times were if I'm not mistaken undefeated or maybe they had one loss like when they ran the ball 30 plus times they could not be beat because they stuck with their number one defense and they smashed mouth it down your throat but then there are games where they, they drop back behind a field goal. They'd be losing by a field goal, and all of a sudden they'd abandon the run and drop Jared Goff back 38, 40 times, and they'd finish the game with 16 rushes, and they'd lose. And you see that, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, you don't lose when you run the ball. And I think McVay himself has kind of learned that. A, he just realized, okay, I can't do what I, I want to pass the ball, and I can't do that with what Goff gives me, hence why I'm going to go get Stafford and give up the world for him. But B, I think he realizes too that, this team and this offense is going to go through our running game and that's going to open things up for the play action for the passing game. So yes, they need good teams do do that. And they just lull you to sleep to open up the big plays and bad or not even bad teams, but teams that are not quite good enough to make it the whole way are the ones that overcoach or get too cutesy. And it drives me crazy. Well, yeah. And that's what's the biggest fear with the bears heading into week one is this concept of we're going to come out there and look, we're going to try and establish the run. We're going to try and get Andy Dalton comfortable. We're going to try and give him some easy throws and maybe work in some play action. Right. Yeah. But if that doesn't work after the first couple drives, Matt Nagy has this tendency to just chuck his plan out the window, go very pass heavy, start, you know, bring it up. I don't want to cut you out. I'm sorry. Wasn't there a game last year when, I mean, you guys have David Montgomery who was highly touted out coming out of college. Obviously he's had his struggles or whatnot, but wasn't there a game last year where we ended up running the ball like six times because they decided to throw it like 40 something with Trubisky. Well, okay. So there was, was that uh, many games? <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a Saints game when he only ran it. Um, I think it was like six or seven times. And then there was another game where David Montgomery had an 85 yard touchdown on the first drive mm-hmm. on his second touch. And he mm-hmm. only got it maybe about seven or eight more times in the game. And it really just it really just drives us nuts. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to compare Matt Nagy to Sean McVay because Sean McVay actually has had success, true success in the NFL. And I believe his his offense has worked. But the problem with Matt Nagy is a little bit about what we're talking about is they just kind of walk into the game. Maybe he walks in the game a little oblivious sometimes to taking the temperature of the room, if you will, of mm-hmm. what the game calls for in that moment and playing situational football instead of maybe, you know, just dialing up the Rolodex of some sort of play that he loves based on some sort of look that he thinks he's going to get and how he's going to get patted on the back afterwards when it works out yeah. instead of just maybe just saying, hey, this is what this calls for right now. This is what my team needs right now, this mm-hmm. type of play. Not some sort of, you know, uh, tight end, What you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's been running tight ends out of the backfield. He'll run like, you know, a bubble screen on third and two, you know, all that kinds of stuff. And it gets a little silly. 
And I think that's a little bit about the modern NFL right now is we're talking about guys like McVay and, and Nagy. There's other coaches out there, Cliff Kingsbury, for example, mm-hmm. who just think that they can outsmart a situation instead of maybe embracing what the situation calls for. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the next Andy Reid, but even even Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl until he had Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, three of the best in offense. Like Sometimes you need to just do what the defense gives you and not try to get all cutesy with it. But um, two questions for you, Joey. Uh, yeah. And let's stick with the offense. We brought up, uh, we brought up Montgomery already. What's the expectations for Montgomery this year? Because, again, when he was coming out of college, I, remember, I, I will always remember this. I, I'm sure Bears fans do too. There was a clip when he was playing. I can't remember who he was playing. Um, but it was like a Fox sports game. We're covering it. And they were talking about David Montgomery and like, all right, if, if you put these running backs together, that equals Montgomery. And it was like <laughs> Saquon Barkley, Lady Bell. Yeah. yeah. It was like all these like potential <laughs> hall of famers. And so then the hype was, was real, but he fell. What's like the fourth round. Uh, am I right? Fourth round. Is where yeah, they got him? Yeah, somehow, so I was, I was shocked by that, but fell with that had like up and down, you know, rookie season or whatever, but what's the expectation for Montgomery this year? Is it expected for him to take that step and be, I mean, every back should have over a thousand yards now at the 17th game, but what's the expectation for him? I'll see to that. I mean, let's be blunt. Expectations are high. I mean, he was the number one running back the last five weeks of last year when they actually finally decided to commit to him. And by committing to him, it was, oh, I don't know, give him the ball, you know, two or three times in a row. And he has a little bit of that old school mentality, a little bit of he gets a little bit better as the game goes along. He gets better when you give him multiple carries in a row. It's not just like, handoff on first down, see you next time we get another first down. Keep feeding it to him because the guy does not have top-end speed, and that's probably what's going to separate him at the end of the day from being one of these elite guys like the McCaffreys, the Cooks, the Kamaras of the world. I don't know if he's ever going to get to that that probable range, but can he get in the Chris Carson range? Yeah, he can. Um, Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, yeah, God, I would hope so. And it's not the top-end speed, but it's really just, you know, the yards after contact. I mean, the dude is a really tough guy to bring down. He showed a nice uh, ability to catch the football last year. That was something that kind of like snuck up on him him a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really curious to see how they utilize him, not so much as we're talking about touches as much as we've got a guy named Damian Williams on our team right now. And to his credit, he's had a really good camp. And the last time we saw this guy, he was running for over 100 yards, running over the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Opted out of last year. Now he's back in the fold. We don't have Tariq Cohen until week six because he's on the pup list. But Damian Williams, I think, is probably the best backup that we've had in quite some time. And, you know, you can kind of attest to it a little bit. You guys have been rotating your backs a little bit the last couple of years, trying to see is it Henderson, is it Akers, you know, Malcolm Brown, who's it going to be? Now it's Sony Michelle. But I think, I think Montgomery is probably one of our better offensive weapons. We need to utilize him properly. And by utilizing him properly is that old school mentality of getting him a rhythm as quick as you possibly can, getting that established. Let him try and hit some people a little bit. And, man, if we can get that going, the whole Andy Dalton experience might not be as painful or, you know what I mean, as frustrating as a lot of Bears fans want to make it seem like. Because I do think Andy Dalton can still complete a pass. I still think he has an element of accuracy to his game. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him on the field yet, but dare I say, he could be a skosh better than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> and if we can get That's Montgomery funny. rolling a little bit, I think we can kind of sort of, you know, it can it could be an aloe for a lot of different problems that we have going on in our offense right now and an offensive unit that's been bad for two plus years now. Yeah. On the other side, for you guys, we're, I mean, is it going to be Sony Michelle week one or is it going to be Henderson until Michelle gets into the mix? You know, what, what do you see for that unit? So, you know, McVeigh has said all along, well, not really all along, once Akers got hurt, he's said that Daryl Henderson's their, like, their number one guy, unquestioned starter. Mm-hmm. Um, now that doesn't mean he's getting 25 carries a game, but he is the starting back and Sony Michelle will be worked in along with Jake Funk, who they, they love out of Maryland, their seventh round pick this year. But I, I love the Sony Michelle trade. I, you know, it's always covering the Rams is fun. Cause they're always in the news for something. They're not shy to like, Hey, we want this guy. Let's go get him. We don't care what we have to give up. Um, F them picks as all the memes are with less Snead, but he adds an element to the offense. It's different than what Daryl Henderson does as versatility. Uh, he kind of got buried on the Patriots depth chart, but he still averaged like 5.6 yards of carry last year. So very efficient. So to answer your question, yeah, Joe Henderson's the guy. I mean, he is a starter in my humble opinion. I think Joe Henderson works better as a more change of pace, a complimentary back. I don't think he's a true 
David Montgomery type of back. I think he's a, Hey, give this guy 10 to 15 carries, give him three to four catches out of the backfield. And that's, that's great for me. Cause he's a slasher that can hit the hole hard and give you a, a 60 yard plus run out any time of the game, but he's not a guy I want running into the line of scrimmage, you know, 20 plus times bashing his head in because he's been kind of injury prone too. So, but as of now, everything McVeigh says, Henderson's the guy, and then they'll sprinkle Michelle in as he gets to know the offense better. But we shall see about that. Follow up to that real quick, and this might be me asking you to describe, you know. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Balance 7. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to. It's called Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. And look for anyone in their 30s and above, or maybe even before. Look, I'm 37, but even in my 20s, every day was a maintenance day. I could use a little something like Balance 7 for a little bit of help. So head to balance7.com and use the code BLEAV. Believe for free shipping. Balance7.com. Use the code BLEAV for free shipping. I did. And if it worked for Lamar Odom, it can work for you too. Now back to the pod. The the pain of having a paper cut. But if you had one concern going into this week's matchup against the Bears, would it be getting your running game going? Or, you know, what would be a kind of a nightmare scenario for you um, against the Bears this weekend? Well, my, big, my biggest concern is just... Um continuity and like succinctness if that makes sense so mm. we haven't seen this offense play together because they don't they don't play in preseason no i mean i saw them in camp obviously going against their own defenses and they they played a little bit against the cowboys in that joint practice um but we haven't seen it in a true game situation so my only concern is the rhythm the timeliness because yeah, i, I truly really believe you know like yeah. yeah you know little things like that so mm. and i truly believe it i'm not saying this to be disrespectful to the bears it's any given sunday they can absolutely win but i just believe overall once this offense gets rolling, they are going to be really hard to stop. Like I said, you have receivers one through five who are all dynamic. I mean, Cup and Woods, in my opinion, are a top five duo. I mean, not one guy is a top five guy, but as a duo pairing, they're top five. And you throw in Van Jefferson, who they're super excited about out of Florida. And then you had Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell as your deep threats. And then your tight ends, not to mention. And then you have the backfield, the stable backfield. So once this offense gets rolling, like they're going to be hard to stop. But that my only fear is it might take two, three quarters. And that's when you hope the defense who also has a new off defensive coordinator is just kind of, you know, keeping the bears offense in check as the offense kind of gets up to speed. So it's probably a cop out answer, but that's kind of my one. My no, one I mean, you know, I, <laughs> you guys got, you guys got a good squad, you know what <laughs> I mean? And, and I don't, again, I have not found a, a human organism on the planet earth that thinks that the bears are going to win in week one. So, I mean, that's a very, that's a very fair answer. And I, I agree with you, man. I do think, I'm hoping it's not week one, but I do think at some point this season, you guys are going to have a six, seven, eight game stretch where Dan Graziano and ESPN or something, they're going to all be writing articles about, you know, the offense and the rejuvenation of Matt Stafford and the Rams and all that other kinds of stuff. I'm sorry. I want to hit you with one more because this is one of the ones I definitely wanted to ask you. And you just brought some of the guys up. I remember when we played uh, you guys last year and I remember really what the X factor was that we couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. was that you guys were able to utilize your third wide receiver so well. And I think it was Reynolds last year. Yeah, correct. I think it was. He caught a touchdown like in the second mm-hmm. half of the game too as well. And, you know, everyone wants to, you know, put all the focus on Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and and stopping those guys. But, again, I think McVay really was very smart to find moments to really gash us with that third wide receiver. So, for you heading into week one, is that Van Jefferson – is that 2-2 Atwell? Who's that third receiver that may be Bears fans and, you know, the Bears coaching staff needs to keep an eye on? You know, it's a, it's a great question. If you look at probably the depth chart and maybe what the, if the coaches, you know, gun in their head had to answer, I think Deshaun Jackson is your wide receiver three, but I'll Ooh. put that in quotes because the way they're going to run the offense is your top two are obviously Woods and Cup, but then but depending if they do three, four, five, I don't know, not, probably not five, but three or four receiver sets, there's not necessarily that wide receiver three. It's going to be stemming from the actual route tree and what they're doing, whether you're spamming, you know, you're running two, you know, cross or routes with a guy going deep up the seam to open things up and make the safeties choose. Um, so it's more of a progression for Stafford as opposed to, uh, it's more of a progression like right to left as opposed to wide receiver one, two, three kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, if you like on paper, it's probably Deshaun Jackson had a great camp. Um, again, with him, is just staying healthy and, and this Rams team that they're going to do everything they can to get him out there every week, make sure he's getting his, you know, two to three, at least two to three touches, but for sure, you know, having, you know, 20 to 25 plays a game. Um, but Van Jefferson's a guy too, that 
is more in the term of wide receiver three, probably the wide receiver three and the type of routes he's going to run and the type of uh, ability he has and the type of um, what he's going to do to the defense. Um, but yeah, on paper, it's probably Deshaun Jackson just because of how good of a camp he had and, and the veteran label, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I look at that and we're talking about all the, the big receivers and stuff. I just see the Rams taking advantage of that on us. And that's probably one of the bigger concerns that I have matchup wise. Like, like picture this, Joey, picture this. And this is what I, gets me fired up and I get nerdy and, and talking about sometimes X's and O's. So picture this as a route combination and, and how do you stop it as even an elite defense? So you have Matthew Stafford who has great vision. You know, people can say whatever they want. The guy has good vision and has obviously one of the top five arms in the game. So you have, you know, Robert Woods on your left side, maybe your ex receiver running a, a, a 10 yard, we'll call it a, a comeback route. So that's mm -hmm. your one option. Cooper cup on the right side, running a seven yard slant. So he's kind of going across the middle. Then you put the John Jackson in the slot running a seam route. And then you have two, two out. Well, like a scat back almost running just one of your two yard out routes. So then you decide, okay, am I going to stay over the top cover to Sean Jackson? How am I going to guard these two guys coming over the middle? Well, then two, two is going to, who has like four, two speed coming out of the backfield. You hit him on the easiest dump off ever. That's a 20, 30 yard plus play right there. So the things they're going to be able to do to stretch defenses out with this offense gets me fired up. It has me super excited to see how McFay's thinking and how it's going to come together. And now it's just about execution and, and timing and getting it all on the same page. Yeah. And to your point too, I mean, it isn't all about Stafford. It's about Stafford getting the ball into the hands of those playmakers. Cause I think the yards after the catch, we, and we already know this with cup and woods, but yards after the catch, I think is going to be pretty paramount to your guys success. And then you throw in a guy like a Deshaun Jackson in there, you know, it's not just all going to mm -hmm. be about Stafford, just about putting it in the right place. Yeah. Just moving it around, finding it and putting it into space. And again, you know, that's what's worrying me about week one is that it's not going to be so much about, you know, oh man, he he just he threw that beautiful 45-yard bomb. It's gonna be more about, oh man, he got the ball out quickly to Cooper Cup and we can't tackle him. And a second and six turns into a second and two. Mm -hmm. We can't wrap up. And then you guys are converting easy third downs. Or that situation that always happens, and I know you guys have that mentality of it's third and eight. We do a great job in coverage. He dumps it off, but we can't wrap up and tackle. So what could have been a third and four turns into a third and uh, a third and four turns in a third and eight turns into a fourth and one. Yeah. And you guys go for it and you convert because mm -hmm. we can't tackle because we're trying to cover all these guys in the space. And those, those little extra yards, that little extra space that makes down and distance so much easier. And I think you guys are going to be able to play that all season long. Yeah, that's, that's the hope. And I know that's what McVeigh wants to do. And you know, it's those, that methodical, process that then is going to open up the gash plays and the the uh um exciting plays which is what they want to do with stafford being here and um one other funny point about stafford not really funny but you know the fantasy football community it's fantasy football i get it but you know obviously these people do their research they they look at tons of analytics and stats and like i said there's been detractors with stafford and a lot of them brought up well yeah well look last year he had kenny galladay and and marvin jones and all these receivers just look, if you look at just fantasy and I'm not talking, we'll see how they go in the season. But if you look at Kenny Galladay now with the Giants, Marvin Jones now with the Jaguars, they are in the fantasy community, like bottom tier receivers. Like they're projected like eight points a game or whatever, nine points a game. So it's like Stafford does bring something obviously to the table that makes the receivers a little better too. I just found that funny. I did a draft yesterday. I'm oh, like, hey, Kenny Galladay is like wide receiver 31. Like what? Kenny Galladay is a walking questionable. Um, <laughs> all right. He, he's. I get it. It's great that he's on the roster when you Google the roster and his name is on your team. Yeah. The dude is not going to play for you. Um, and and that's, a, that's a huge issue. And, man, look, they dealt with a lot of stuff, and I can't even believe I'm defending the Lions right now, but it's actually really true, yeah. is Marvin Jones is a great number two, maybe even a number three receiver. He's not even close to a number one, and he probably isn't a number two. And you're correct. He's a 12th-round fantasy draft pick. So, yeah. ooh, ooh la la, let's, let's go crazy for him. TJ Hawkinson and Stafford had a great thing going, actually. Mm -hmm. that, that was the best part of their offense last year. And then, you know, the offense got a little bit worse. And then, you know, obviously, the thumb injury with Matt Stafford really hurt him. He had torn ligaments in his thumb, and he was playing with it. Yeah. This is not going to help you play great football. And then on top of that, they had a running back, DeAndre Swift, who was dropping passes all over the place. I mean, when you come, from that, kind of, yeah. when you come from that kind of dysfunction, I think it's really easy to separate the player from the situation. And I think that's another huge reason why people are so excited for Stafford, you know, not just on a new team, but on the Rams with Sean McVay. Yeah, 
Yeah. So before we get into like score predictions and stuff, I got to, I got, we, we mentioned it a little in the beginning, but I got to at least ask you more succinctly about Justin Fields and the quarterback. So, yes, you know, obviously Andy Dalton's starting for at least a, a half or whatever they've said, uh, in your summation, your opinion from what you've read, heard, seen, because we, you know, we don't focus a ton on the bears. Did Andy Dalton win the job or is it more of a coach being old school and forcing Andy Dalton to lose the job? Cause you hear some people and it's like, Justin feels night and day better, but then you hear other people like, well, he's still a rookie. Like he needs time. He does make mistakes. Andy Dalton's just the more sure thing. What's your opinion on it? So um, I'll give you my opinion in a second. First, I'll just tell you what's been kind of been reported in Chicago circles thus far in terms of strictly just training camp. Mm -hmm. In terms of training camp, the way that it has been described is that Justin Fields has had a very good training camp. He hasn't had, he hasn't blown Andy Dalton out of the water. And part of that is two things. One, Justin Fields is a bit of a rookie. He comes from Ohio State where he's got to learn play call. He's got to learn to take stuff up, snap under center. And you know what? We might not care about that stuff, but football teams definitely care about this, that stuff because you got to have it cleaned up before you get in the game. Yeah. The second part about it is, according to all reports, Andy Dalton's had a good camp. They've mm-hmm. read, they've said from several reporters that if Andy Dalton was in camp last year with Nick Foles and Trubisky, and they were all competing together, that it wouldn't even be close, and Nick and Andy Dalton would become the starter. So, just based on those things alone. It's easy to fit into the narrative of now what my opinion is from all along, mm-hmm. which was that when they brought Andy Dalton in, they talked to the agent. They said, hey, man, you're going to be our starter no matter what. Yeah. They draft Justin Fields, and then they go sit in a room far away from a football field and right up on this drawing board of how they want this plan to go. And you can call it loyalty. You can call it discipline if you want to be kind. And you can also call it short-sighted and what's the point of evaluation if you want to be critical, where they just walked into the first day of training camp and said, I don't really care what happens. Andy Dalton is going to get the first pack at this thing. Mm-hmm. And they, maybe the only wiggle room that they were going to have was, you know, maybe we can evaluate once the season starts and we can decide when Justin Fields will come in, whether it's game four, game six, eight, ten, whatever number you want to throw out there mm-hmm. and say. So, it's not a. It's not. We're not. Um, we're not damning Justin Fields for you know what I mean. He did what he needed to do. Some yeah. of the plays in preseason looked fantastic. Very excited about the player. Very excited about the person too as well. This is something new to Chicago's fan base and quarterbacks. Of I'm just really intrigued by the person behind the guy who's running a four four forty and can throw the ball seventy yards down the field. He's got all the upside in the world. We're super excited for him. But just at the end of the day, I think we got to roll with Andy Dalton. And here's my final point on it. Mm-hmm. If you're Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton's on your roster. Nothing you can do about it. You'd rather do Andy Dalton first and move on to Justin Fields than yeah. you would want to do Justin Fields first and for some reason, based on play, go to Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. That would look way, way, way worse and obviously, optics-wise, Matt Nagy could be on the hot seat this year. So that's mm-hmm. just kind of my general opinion and the reports we've been hearing out of camp of Sandy Dalton's job right now, and I'm with you, man. We're counting. It could be a throw. It could be a quarter. It could be a half. It could be a game. It could be games. But eventually, Justin Fields will be coming in. And I'll tell you something right now. I don't know if you've heard this. Don't be surprised if you see Justin Fields in this game for a couple of snaps. Yeah. Do not be surprised if that happens. There you go. Matt Nagy's been known to do that, actually. So, um, yeah, you know, it reminds me of the Chargers last year, who we also cover on this show, you know, with Justin Herbert coming in and Tyrod Taylor was the unquestioned starter all through camp going into the season. And then, you know, so if you need the the Chargers doctor's number to come in and and pierce the lung of Andy Dalton, let us know. You'll be at SoFi. No, no, no. Um, but I, the thing I always say to fans too, I could, I could find a fight club or something and throw Andy Dalton in that before I want him getting punctured in the lungs. Okay. Smart. <laughs> probably, probably a safer bet. Um, <laughs> but the thing I always say, and, and sometimes coaches are wrong, like they're going to be wrong sometimes, but there's a lot more that goes into a quarterback decision or competition or yada, yada, yada. than just what you see in a preseason game playing against the most vanilla defenses out there. Like defenses show you nothing in preseason. It's very vanilla. Usually it's not even starters. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, obviously you, they see him in practice every day. 
But the bigger thing too is, you know, in the meetings and whiteboard work and, and learning play calls and formations and this and what they can do outside of just what we see in preseason. So not saying that Justin Fields didn't do enough, but I think a lot of fans will freak out when they're like, look, we did in preseason, look at that play. And it's sometimes the coaches are wrong. And yeah, that does translate. Hence Justin Herbert, who then in week two carved up Kansas city and became the unquestioned starter. And everyone's like, well, why wasn't he the starter all along? But sometimes you see things in practice where they're not quite getting yet and you want more time before you throw them to the wolves because we've seen other quarterbacks get thrown to the wolves and it ruins their career. So it's, it's a hard arc to predict, but I, I think it's safe to say it, it won't be too long before we see Justin Fields. And I think it's very fair to make the argument that I think there is value. You know, even if the Bears get their heads kicked in this weekend, I think there is value in Justin Fields watching – Andy Dalton and what you're talking about, some of those smaller detailed moments, right? Like Mm -hmm. if Andy Dalton can get his offensive line lined up, you know, if he can get the checks organized, if he can find a certain way, you know, I don't know how much audibling we're going to be doing, but I think there's certain pre-snap stuff that Justin Fields can kind of learn from Andy Dalton a little bit, because as again, as what we saw in the preseason, he, he missed up, he messed up a slide protection and when he hiked the ball, he got his helmet ripped off. I don't know if you saw that, but he got yeah. hit so hard. The helmet popped off. Oh, yeah. Laid out. You know, that, that's basically him calling a slide protection and then him not accounting for it because he he didn't realize that he was going to leave a guy free. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of stuff where I guess normal NFL fans might not quite pick up on that right away. I'm trying to learn a little bit more and try and pick up on that myself because it helps answer a lot of questions as to why Justin Fields just isn't starting right now. Not to say that he can't do it, but – I think there is some value that can be learned in the next couple of weeks that once he does hit the field, maybe that will give him an advantage to hit the ground running a little bit more. And when he does, he can play for the next 15 years. We put the Rams week one, Bengals week two, Dalton revenge game. Ooh, Dalton. Oh, boy. Cincinnati doesn't know what's going to hit him. They play the the Browns in Cleveland week three, tough matchup. And then week four against the Lions at home. I think that's the official start the Justin Fields clock watch because I I imagine that's probably when we will see him on the field. Yeah, and it's probably not the worst thing either to make him have his first NFL game against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That's probably when the thought process too. Like, let's just wait until we can face a, a less formidable foe to throw this guy in. <laughs> well, and get and get some tape too. I mean, how yeah. interesting would it be to to go into install next week and go through practice and stuff looking at the tape of what a, a player like you mentioned Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey is going to do to you because especially with Aaron Donald he is the cream of the crop he is the elite of the elite so if you want to glom any sort of detail or maybe just look at what Andy tried to do in certain moments to maybe keep him off of his back or what we're going to try and do to hopefully maybe chip and help and whatever mm-hmm. we do with our tight ends I think it'd be really instructive for Justin Fields moving forward and again, I don't think the Bears are supposed to win the Super Bowl this year. No one's calling that right now. Yeah. And I think expectations are really more about the progression of fields, maybe more than the progression of success that we want to have just in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was very true with the Chargers last year too, with Justin Herbert. So it all comes, uh, you plan for the future when you're not expected to to do the, the whole Super Bowl thing. So let's end with this, Joey. Um, yeah. Give me your, and I'll do mine after, in order for the Bears to upset, who is the most important player on this roster for this game? And then give me your score prediction. Doesn't mean it has to be an upset, but then give me your actual score prediction. Ooh, okay. Who is the most the most important? Or the most integral to an upset? And there's some obvious ones, but I mean, we just did we just brought up Aaron Donald, so I don't know if I want to throw in like our right guard Cody Whitehair. I don't know if that's a really sexy I don't know if that's like the sexiest call in the world. But you know what? Okay, here here's one. Uh, a guy who you're familiar with, I'm going to throw out Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. And yep. here, here's here's my vibe. And I was trying to wrap my head around this last night. And the narrative for me for the Bears to win this game is that NBC is pissed off. Like it is the second quarter, and it's like zero to zero. I mean, we're and we're just we're just trading drives here and there. And my hope or my narrative would be that the Rams are going to kind of. You're going to put some drives together, but you guys are going to be happy kicking field goals early because you know that our offense is no good. So you're not going to necessarily feel that pressure to maybe go for it on fourth down or do anything super aggressive. So it's going to be like six, nothing, maybe six to three, somewhere in there. And I'm hoping and I'm banking on somewhere at the end of that first half, 
early second half, Stafford makes a mistake. And we can flip the field a little bit and get a short yardage situation to get a touchdown and then kind of maybe work it through there. And that starts with that front seven because we can talk about how bad the Bears' offensive line is. We could talk about Andy Dalton. We could talk about does Dave Montgomery get his touches. We can talk about Allen Robinson versus Jalen Ramsey. We can do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the secret that people aren't talking about enough is by far our strongest unit on the entire Chicago Bears is our front seven with Robert Quinn, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, oh, a guy named Khalil Mack, and Roquan Smith. So I'm looking at that guy, Robert Quinn, who used to be on the Rams, mm-hmm. got a huge bag with the Bears, only had two sacks last year. Everyone's kind of looking at him being like, put up or shut up, or you're going to be labeled a bust. I just need him him to have an impactful game, because if he does, then I think Hicks has an impactful game. And if he mm-hmm. does, I think Khalil Mack has an impactful game. And if he does, I think Matt Stafford maybe doesn't feel the most comfortable out there. Maybe we turn this Rams offense maybe a little bit more one-dimensional than you guys would prefer week one because you guys can't run the ball the way that you would want to. So I'm a little out of the box, but this is the guy that I think a lot of Bears fans are looking at this year to step up. And week one would be a great time to do it. If the Bears want to win, I'm looking at a guy like him to really step up and make it happen. How about you? I mean, I don't know if you have an X factor, but who's like the Mm -hmm. one guy that you're really excited to watch and who do you think is going to have a huge week against the Bears? Well, the one I'm most, I guess, concerned slash needs to have a good game is the center, Brian Allen. I don't know how close you've paid attention to the situation with the Rams, but Austin Corbett was Harold the center from the draft all the way until week two of training camp when all of a sudden they flipped the script and Brian Allen's in to start. They slide Corbett back over to guard where he played last year. So... A lot of uneasiness among Rams Nation with uh, this decision. And obviously, it's the guy that you know calls the protections. He's a very important role in that. He's the guy that snaps the ball to Stafford. So he touches the ball the, the most on the team besides the quarterback. And then he's going to have to block this great front seven, which you just talked about. So he's the guy that I'm watching. It If he has a horrible game, A, that gives life to the Bears, and B, that raises a lot of concerns for this 2021 season for the Rams who are all in on the Super Bowl. But if they don't have the center, they need to do it. There's going to be a lot of angry fans and a lot of question marks about what they do moving forward. So I think he's going to be okay. I think the coaching staff, I trust them and they feel really confident in him. But after what we saw early on in his career in 2019, and then obviously facing injuries and COVID last year, there's just not a lot known about him. So he's definitely the guy I'm circling saying, okay, it goes through, Brian Allen, literally and figuratively, because if he plays well, then this offense can get rolling. It might take him a quarter, but but if, if he's playing well, then everyone else I think will play well aside from him. So he's that big. You can call him an X factor because it's good or bad, it's going to go through him. That's interesting. I did, yeah. did not know that. That's a good piece of intel for uh, for us Midwesterners over here. There you go. And, and look, man, I know you have every right in the world to be super excited about the Rams this year, and it's a long season. Are we sort of talking ourselves into Bears Rams four uh, as it's always been just a weird slobber knocker of maybe kind of an ugly game and uh, one or two plays that find their way into the end zone might be the the victor in week one? Is that possible? Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, other than that 2019 game, they have all been pretty not sexy. They've been kind of ugly. Um, I think, and no disrespect to you, but I think the Rams are going to, I think they're going to come out swinging in this one, show off their, their firepower. Like I said, it might take a quarter, but by the sec- by the time the second half hits, I think the offense will be rolling. The defense is going to be dominant. They may not be number one in the league again this year, but they're going to be top five still, you know, with Raheem Morris basically keeping all of Brandon Staley's schemes, just throwing in a few wrinkles. They're not like relearning anything. He had a great quote uh, last week. I don't know if you saw it, but basically said, I'm paraphrasing now, but why would I come in and force 11 guys to learn something new when I can come in and have one guy learn something new? So he was basically saying, I'm going to teach myself what they did last year. Instead of teaching them what I want to do, I'll take what they did and then throw in some wrinkles. So defenses, I don't think going to skip a beat. Um, if I'm throwing a score at it, I, I, I really, I think it's gonna be like 35, 10. I think, this be, <laughs> I, think I think they'll hit that nine point cover. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna have my see some points at SoFi. Um, <laughs> and look here, here's my uh, here's my thing, and I guess this is probably where I'm leaning. I did talk with Corey last night. We did we did to be very honest and very clear. We did wrap our heads around the Bears shocking the world in winning Week One. Um, but, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff, and you just brought it up. You know, the Rams defense 
got better in the second half of games last year. You know, if you pull up the stats in terms of points allowed per quarter, I think they were top three or top four in that third and fourth quarter. So put them together in the second half, I think they allowed the least amount of points in the second half among any NFL team last year. And if you look at the Bears, they I think they scored 2.8 points a game in the third quarter of games. Dead last, Ryan. Dead last. So as much as I want to see maybe that slobber knocker, and maybe I think definitely if I can put my predictions out there, I do think at the half, I think it's going to be low scoring. And I do think it's probably going to maybe be a little bit closer than everyone wants to think, maybe like a 10 to 6, something along those lines. But again, especially in the NFL, sometimes what these things happen is when talent, as the game goes on, the talent kind of separates a little bit. And I do kind of worry that, you know, you guys come out and if you guys get up by 10 points, 13 points, it really could start to kind of get to that point where, you know, the Bears are going to have to do some stuff that they're not comfortable with offensively and you guys keep scoring. And I I, I could see a scenario where that, where that score gets to that kind of amount. And look, man, I'm prepared. Let me tell you this. I'm mentally, I'm mentally prepared to either get my blow, my doors blown off Mm -hmm. Or, or see a close football game. So um, this game's not going to shatter me. It's week one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funnest part about, what, the first two weeks of the NFL season is how hardcore we're all going to overreact oh, to everything. Of course, yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? So I'm already – I think you've been doing this a long time, man. I love yeah. what you do. You're a super professional. I don't think you're going to buy into all that stuff either. I'm trying not to do that either. And, uh, yeah, they're going to roll the football out, and let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting litmus test. Uh, yeah. Both teams, right? Oh, yeah. I love the overreaction because even if the Rams don't lose, even if they win, but they win by like a touchdown, you know, Rams Twitter is going to melt down just being like, well, we should have, we did all this to get Stafford. We barely were able to move the football. It's like, everyone settle down. Well, so wait, what do you think? What do you, yeah, what do you think happens? What do you think happens if they lose? I mean, like, what? I mean, I, I think they're going to be fine, but yeah, people are going to yeah. melt their faces off if they lose. Like, there's going to be a complete and utter meltdown and the blame pie is going to go all around. All of a sudden McVay is going to be on the hot seat, even though he's never had a losing season. My final one for you is what's more likely we can't watch the game, right? But if the bears win on Sunday, Monday morning, Rams, Twitter, are they blaming McVay or Stafford more? Which do you think? McVay. Because McVay yeah. is the reason why Stafford's here. It wasn't even Les Snead or Stan Kroenke. McVay was the driving force behind bringing Stafford. So if Stafford fails, it's because McVay, I mean, it's McVay's fault, essentially. Like, right, right, they'll be right. mad at Stafford, obviously, but they'll say, McVay, what are you doing? Interesting. Because I think that's probably the same for the Bears, where if the, I mean, no matter what happens, the Bears lose on Sunday. I think Monday morning, we're probably talking more about Matt Nagy than we are about Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton maybe could throw. Mm-hmm. Four interceptions in that game. You know what I mean? We don't. We don't yeah. know because the blame will be. Well, why wasn't Justin Fields playing? <laughs> right, and okay. you know, you know, if you got this big idea to play Andy Dalton, why aren't you ready to do? You know, why aren't you ready to go out there and be successful? So that's yeah, inter- that's interesting. Yeah, the um, and I love Rams Twitter. Uh, I know a lot, met a ton of awesome people, but it's funny to see the the uh, polarization. I'll say from ups and downs of McVeigh. Like the guy literally has never had a losing season. And yet there's some people that want sometimes after a week, want this guy gone. I'm like, you guys don't remember the St. Louis years. Apparently before he came back to LA, you don't remember the, the, the Fisher years, the Steve Magnolia years. Like all of a sudden now it's like, they should be winning a Super Bowl every year, which obviously every fan beats wants, but the level of success is probably top three in the NFL over the last five, six years. So, or four years, I guess. But this is the zeitgeist of the times, man. Everyone's down to throw rocks at the king these days. You know, yeah. I'm not even saying McVeigh is the king, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I don't think we. And this is probably a conversation for another pot at another time. Mm-hmm. But I think if ever now in the modern time, I think we have a hard time appreciating talent, greatness, and people that succeed. I think we have a hard time appreciating that probably more than ever, where it's ingested as. Those things, okay, he, he, God, he is smart. He is talented. Ingestion and then spit out criticism or, yeah. you know, well, he's not that good. You know what I mean? That kind of mm-hmm. stuff, though. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of tough. And meanwhile, a 44 year old is about to take snaps under center for a defending Super Bowl champion uh, yeah. tonight to kick off week one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy, dude. It's insane. So, uh, what did, did you give your prediction, though? What was your prediction? I said 35 10. I, oh, man. So, I wrap my head around a twenty to sixteen Bears victory, but if I'm being if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, I'm being honest with myself. I'm probably thinking somewhere along the lines of 27-16 Rams. 
Um, and, and you know what? The, that swing is really just going to depend on whether Stafford gives us that gift that he's given Bears fans over and over again, which is that, that turnover. He can play mm-hmm. an amazing game, but he can have that one dumb pass that really can kind of be a jolt, uh, you know, a jolt for the opposition. And a lot of times that's been for the Chicago Bears. I'm just really kind of curious to see whether the colors on the jersey matter, whether Matthew Stafford is going to do that for us or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am I am hoping for a competitive game. You guys are by far more talented. So I'm just kind of hoping that we can see some building blocks that we can take forward into week two because I obviously I like our matchup against the, the Bengals, you know, and then we can be yeah. one-on-one and, and sort of move on. There you go. I like that. So should be a f- Either way, we're playing Sunday Night Football prime time at SoFi. Going to be a blast. So, Joe Christopoulos, you're the man that I'm pumped. Glad to have you on again. Uh, where can everyone find you at? Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Joey Sports Guy. Um, I'm hosting Bet on Chicago, which covers all the Chicago sports. And also, I do some pop culture stuff. I've been talking. I, I enjoy doing mental health stuff. So, it's a little bit of a variety, a little bit of something for everybody. And then I've been hosting Believe in Bears with former defensive end. Um, the Chicago Bears and former Northwestern Wildcat, Corey Wooten. Great guy. Um, super smart, super fun to talk to. He really makes the show uh, so much fun. So um, I know that obviously we're probably listening to some Rams fans on here too as well. If you're ever interested, come check us out. We're not always talking Chicago sports. We're talking sports in general. And Ryan, man, thank you so much, man. Great to see you, dude. Um, I tell you, dude, I've been so I've been with Believe Now for two years and you were one of the first guys that kind of hopped on my radar, man. And I just have always admired, you know, you you work hard, dude. And I really admire that. I love the content that you put out. I love, you know, the banners, the, everything that you do with LAFB, the merch, um, all the stuff that you do with Frosty, man. So um, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Appreciate that, man. Seriously, it means a lot. So, uh, you know, we're trying to grind, but same goes for you. Uh, doing multiple different shows. So uh, mad respect for you, too. And it's always fun to... To hang out and we got to link up since we live so close we got to actually yeah brother in normal times we would have already done it but let's yeah. try and, i don't know let's try and figure something out man i would love to do that we'll make it happen and i gotta talk yeah. i gotta talk to to cory i didn't realize i don't know why that he was a northwestern guy because on the Chargers side you know first round pick rashawn slater played right. northwestern so i'll have to maybe get his take on him later down the line but anyway joey appreciate you brother hope you have a great day and uh, enjoy this game sunday yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, go Bears? No, come on, go Bears. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago and Believe in Bears. This is a combo interview right here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming in because we are talking to one of our new Believe sponsors. He is the CEO, Christian McCollum of PlayActionPools.com. Christian, welcome to the pod. How are you today? I'm doing great, Joey. Thanks for having me. So great to have you on. So great to have Play Action Pools as a sponsor here for the football season, which is right around the corner. I know all my listeners are excited for Bears-Rams, but real quick before we dive into that, just talk to us a little bit about the mission statement of Play Action Pools and why it's such an amazing website to get in on some action this season. Yeah, so, you know, the idea of Play Action Pools goes back to, really goes back to high school, like March Madness. Uh, one of our buddies would always run the pool, and, and wouldn't you know it, his mom and his grandma and his dad always won. Uh, so but before we graduated high school, we wised up a little bit. And so we started making him for March Madness. He'd have to copy every single of the 50 sheets that were in the pool. And when you, you know, signed up, you got a stack of sheets. And then he just went through and graded them all. Um, and fortunately, with the Internet coming around, we realized that we could kind of do that more automated. Um, so, we, you know, the idea for Play Action Pools is just, you know, having these pools, having these contests, all different sorts of them. Um, and making it easy. You know, there's still people out there that use Excel spreadsheets or text me your picks and all that stuff. Um, Play Action Pools takes care of all of that, takes all the heavy load off the organizer's plate. And then the other thing is for the player, you know, you're in this contest and you want to know where you stand. Um, and you're beating up the organizer, asking him to get the standings updated, and you know he's going to make a mistake. Um, so then they're upset. Uh, Play Action takes that all away from the player. Um, everything's transparent. You don't have to worry about your buddy's grandmother and mother winning every time. You don't have to worry about um, the organizer making a, a mistake on the standings. Um, and then we have a bunch of different formats. You know, we have, you know, your classic pick on pool. Where you can pick whatever you want to pick in terms of, uh, you know, against the spread, straight up, NFL, college. Um, we have um, survivor pool that you got, um, just your classic survivor, with a lot of customizable options, uh, you know, pick a team once, pick a team twice, how many lives you have. 
but one of our kind of our flagship contest is what we call Build Your Bankroll, uh, which is essentially a virtual sports book. Um, so anybody signs up, the default, you know, our default option gives everyone 10,000 shares is what we call them. They're really like credits or points. Um, and the player just has the ability to wager those throughout the season, depending on the organizer's customizable options. Um, what we like to do is just open it up all the way. You know, you're talking NFL games, college games, point spread, money line, over, under. Um, people get pretty aggressive. Uh, we had a contest over at irishsportsdaily.com. And first game of the season, Illinois, Nebraska, we got guys shoving all 10,000 chips in the middle. Um, and fortunately, they were on Illinois. So they basically doubled up. Good. Uh, but it just, right. it's a contest that just really allows, it really allows for um, a lot of swings, right? So someone's in the lead, they're at the top, and then they do that. They make, they go all in on Ohio State, money line against Kent State or something, they lose, and they're out. So it's really, really fun. And, and your buddy that always brags about how great of a handicapper he is, um, you can really put him to the test. Well, and that's what I love so much about play action pools right now is that you guys cover the bases for everybody. I mean, everyone that wants to get a little bit of taste of that action, they can do it in a lot of different ways. And also for some of the listeners out there that may be a little bit a little hesitant about getting involved and maybe putting down a couple of dollars on their favorite team, this makes it super easy to go in there. You guys do all the work for them. And on top of that, just talk a little bit about some of the office pools and some of the survivor stuff that you guys have going on on the website because – as we all know, during these times, it's really hard to maybe not necessarily be in the office, get that water cooler cred, but it's still a great way to kind of congregate, kind of, you know, have some fun and maybe have some bragging rights with some coworkers uh, through sports. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, our, we have our survivor pools are going there right now. They're absolutely free. Um, so if you want to sign up for an NFL survivor pool before the start of the season, um, it's absolutely free to do it. Um, you know, on the platform, it's super easy to share. Um, you have, you know, links right there that you can just, you can email, you can text, you can put it on your Facebook, you can tweet it out. Um, we have QR codes for sports bars. We have a lot of sports bars involved. Um, we have QR codes there so they can just throw up a poster in the bar and patrons come in and shoot it and they're in the contest automatically. Um, and like you said, everybody's not in the office, you know, right now or anyways, but this is kind of replaces that. And you don't have to worry about, you know, chasing Jimmy down at the end of Friday and make sure he has his picks in and all that stuff. Um, it's just an easy way um, to host your contest and, and like you said, to, to have some bragging rights on the line as well. Much to the chagrin of Jimmy, uh, who probably does like getting away from a few bets from time to time. But that's right, because Play Action Pools takes care of it for you. And it takes care of grandma's winnings, too, as well. You can play with the family. You can play with your office. You can play with your buddies. And that's just kind of a little bit about what it's all about. Talk a little bit as well. You know, we ran an ad earlier before these pods that the people are listening to right now about the Believe Pick'em Challenge that's coming up, picking 10 high-profile games. Just talk to us a little bit about that because some of these listeners are going to be listening to this pod right before Buccaneers-Cowboys. People, there's plenty of time to still get involved in some of that action and also all the wonderful Week 1 action and college football coming this weekend. Yeah, exactly. You know, this Believe contest, it's absolutely free to join. So you have no no reason not to join it. It's super, super easy and super uh, clean to join. It's free. Um, and DC shoes and electric sunglasses are going to be provided some great prizes. And, you know, just talking with the guys over at Believe, they wanted to make it as simple as possible. They're still even looking at it now in terms of how to simplify it. Um, but basically, just all you're going to have to do is pick the games that are provided. There's going to be the most high-profile games. Um, you just pick those games and whoever comes out on top is going to walk away with some awesome prizes and it's going to be a season long thing. Um, so, you know, just, if you don't win week one, you know, come right back week two and get your picks on. Yeah. remember B L E A V, uh, football pick em challenge. And remember for those of you out there, you know, a lot of people talk about losing and gambling, as you just mentioned, it's free. So all you can do in this situation is just win. Go a little bit further for me. I don't know. I'm in my late thirties. What are electric sunglasses? Just tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it's just a company that's been t uh, tied up with Believe. They're they're really doing a great job sponsoring the contest, um, and they're going to be providing all those prizes, um, and we really, really thank them for the support. And final one here for you, Christian. Just in general, uh, what are your thoughts on our Chicago Bears? Uh, do you have any advice in terms of are you uh, would you be targeting the Bears in a survival pool, in an office pool, individual games, Justin Fields by himself? Uh, if I'm dining at the Chicago Bears restaurant at Play Action Pools, how am I going to make money on this team this year? Is it possible? It's possible. I'm waiting a little bit to see what the Justin Fields era looks like, right? So, uh, and what we've seen in preseason is very impressive. 
I know he's kind of said some stuff after the first game about the speed of the game not being quite what he thought it would be, uh, which maybe you want to zip that up a little bit. Uh, but to be honest, watching his the highlights that first game, I, I feel like he was accurate. Like I kind of felt that way myself. Um, now, I know there's some linebackers in the NFL that heard that, um, that are going to be looking to remind him of that. Uh, but when he gets in there, gets his feet wet, um, starts to get settled in, takes some of those licks, um, and then you get to see him start running around and making those throws, uh, that's the time when I would look at targeting the Bears, whether it's a survivor pool, pick em pool, or build your bankroll. Yeah, get your feet wet a little bit on some other teams. Maybe save your Bears in a survivor pool. Maybe hammer some total points, unders for a little while, and then when Justin Fields comes in, maybe that's the time to, to really uh, to bite down on that apple. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, who do you got tomorrow or, or Thursday with Tampa Bay, Dallas? T- Tampa's given eight. Who, who do you like? like? That's a great call. Tampa's given eight. Wow. I do I do like the Cowboys to cover in that game. I kind of feel like that's going to be a low-scoring affair a little bit. Sometimes these week one Thursday night games can be a little bumpy. No Zach Martin for the Cowboys, who usually is the guy that's, you know, uh, paving the way for Zeke. All uh, training camp, we've been talking about Dak Prescott's shoulder a little bit. So is he gonna necessarily going to be slinging it? I could see a little bit of a tit-for-tat game. I could see a little bit of a low-scoring game. I like Cowboys to cover. What say you? I agree. Eight, eight points. That's a lot of points in an NFL game. I mean, that's that in a college game, that's like almost like it's, it's kind of spread be like 15, 16 points. I, I just think, like you said, like too much can happen there. I mean, the Cowboys could win the game and, and or they could be in there hanging tight the whole game or they could get a back to recover. I mean, eight points really opens up back or cover. Uh, Buccaneers can be winning by 14 all game. And then the Cowboys get one of those BS late touchdowns. And, and there you go. Boom. You got your seven points and you got to win. So. Yeah, back, uh, eight points. Give me points every time. Yeah, backdoor cover with a live bet. Remember, folks, last year because I had Dak Prescott on my fantasy team, and those three or four games that he played before he got hurt. I mean, those fourth quarters that he was putting up were no joke. So if they're down in that game and he has to throw the football, they're going to be productive from that side of the ball. So I like that backdoor cover as well, my friend. Absolutely. Christian McCollum from PlayActionPools.com. Just tell the good people and the listeners one more time, socials, Twitter. Obviously, we know PlayActionPools.com. We know the Believe Football Pick'em Challenge. But get some socials. Let's get some more people involved in this thing because we're so happy to have you as a sponsor this year. And we want as many people to, to win as many prizes and as much money and as many DC shoes as possible. Absolutely. We made it simple. It's you know, Twitter is at PlayActionPools, Facebook at PlayActionPools, Instagram at PlayActionPools, and like you said, PlayActionPools.com. Uh, couldn't be more simple. CEO Christian McCollum here from PlayActionPools.com. Christian, thank you so much for taking time on the pod. Again, we're so uh, we're thankful that we're having a partnership with you guys and sponsoring with you this season. And uh, wish you guys nothing but the best. Hope to have you back on this pod sometime soon, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, Joey. Appreciate it. This episode of Bet on Chicago and Believe in Bears was brought to you by what else? PlayActionPools.com. Make sure you go there right now for that Believe Football Pick'em Challenge this weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this pod, you guys. We'll be back for another one very soon. Until then, we be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 